I know things you never see. You never see someone taking a shit while running at full speed. Come on, kid, get rid of some of them turds in the shit box. Welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast with me, Rab himself. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Rab from the Bathroom Break Podcast. Just wanted to take a minute to thank you all for listening to the podcast. It's been a lot of fun to sit down with some really interesting people and shoot the shit, you know, talk all that poop and stuff. But, uh, yeah, we want to try and make this thing better for you, so we're going to need to raise some funds. If you head over to greengate.bigcartel.com, there's a donation link there. If you feel so inclined to donate to the Bathroom Break Podcast, awesome. If not, sit back and listen. We're going to talk some crap. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Ignition. And sitting to my right is the legendary Chris Rabb. Yeah. Yeah, dude. (laughs) So this is the maiden voyage, man. This is the first uh, trip out to record a podcast in our our bitchin' new camper van. And uh, it's been a bit of a test run. So uh, I'm just going to fucking start it off. I'm wondering, um, how much do you get recognized from your work on Jackass and stuff? Uh, me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think as of late, not as not as much as I as I did when I was younger. Um, uh-huh. You know, before though, but there was a there was a large period of time where I didn't wear a lot of clothes, and uh, I think I was more recognizable than my chubby little body wandering around. But but now uh, I, I stay pretty uh, pretty under the radar. Well, right, and I was thinking about this before. Uh, Yourself, probably not so much. <laughs> I get recognized a fair amount. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, too, about how, like, fame is such a fucking trap. And, I mean, the last thing anybody wants to hear is somebody complaining about, like, oh, the problems with fame, because certainly nobody's trading it in. And when you get paid to uh, to do what you want and have people like give you all kinds of re- respect and adoration, like like that, it's great and, and it's all I ever wanted and I love it. However, it's uh, it's the scariest thing to imagine being like famous and uh, just falling apart and being broke and like you know like there's there's sort of something about fame and then losing it that's really scary and I feel like uh, I feel like you were kind of there with all the fame stuff but you, you kind of just ducked out of it yeah and managed to kind of like get be a regular person you know yeah and I think there's a lot to be said for that yeah absolutely I, well I think like um, I, while you were saying that I was thinking of this thing that somebody said to me one time they said that you can become infamous, but you can't become unfamous. Uh, I like that. So, like, you know, you get notoriety from Jackass, from CKY, Viva La Bam, all those things. And at, at that period in time, it was like, yeah, you couldn't go anywhere without having to answer to that. And I got freaked out by it. You know? Oh yeah. So and, is that the story? I was trying to kind of figure out. Yeah. What uh, what was the? I basically got freaked out and wasn't sure that was like the direction that I wanted to keep going. I was sort of tied, or, or sort of torn though, because I was like on the fence about 
do I, you know, because I didn't do the second Jackass, I didn't do the third, and I didn't, I was like kind of no longer around and just like fell off the face of the earth. And that was sort of by design. And I think it was also because I realized like, and, I, and I've learned a lot of this through um, recovery stuff is that I, I struggled a lot with control issues, you know? So then I realized like, like when I was drinking and, and doing drugs and stuff and being crazy like that, I could relinquish control to the other people and to what I think what notoriety or, or fame becomes because you think that you're kind of doing your own thing, but you're also sort of under the control of others. You know what I mean? Like in, in terms of like, this is what your image is. You're Rav himself. You're the guy that shits on things and drinks like a motherfucker. So this is what we expect of you, you know? And so right. I... Right. But so, then again, I mean, I'm in the similar boat. And I, I was yeah. also kind of curious how... Uh, much how open you are about recovery um i mean it's cool like to, yeah like, yeah i'm pretty open about I don't, it. I don't think there's any reason to keep it uh like under wraps or anything yeah no i i think for me in the beginning it was like i kind of didn't run out there with a flag because i was trying to i was trying to kind of be unknown myself i was trying to sure. get my own anonymity as right. a person i think back. that's a that's a sort of a different conversation yeah. about anonymity but with yeah. respect to uh but with, with recovery and and, and, yeah. and all that i think um i hear what you're saying and for me it was absolutely imperative that yeah, 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 learned, yeah, yeah that i yeah. learned to have some separation between my personal life and this persona of Stevo, because I, back in the Absolutely. day, I did not know how to turn it off, and I was I was fully <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was fully trapped in it. You know, I, know, I, I think I remember seeing I saw you. At, it was like an Oakley party or something. I hadn't seen you in like maybe a couple months, and then you came running and you were wasted, and it was like ah, like all this whole day. I was like, oh my god, and, I, and this yeah. was at the point in time I think. You know, maybe the second movie had come out, and I was like, sort of like trying to fly under the radar, but then all of a sudden I'm with you, and it was like there was no flying under the radar right now. Right. And uh, and 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 no, and and I think like I said, yeah, it's it's a separate thing, but I was sort of trying to dodge that and get my own life back. So then when I got sober, I was sort of quiet about it, but then I became very open about it. And I see with you, and I saw this, I think, you know, from afar, but also just talking to you, you know, sure. after you had gotten sober, as I saw, like, there was no option for you. You had to, it had to be public. Well, that, right. That you... Right, I was more public with it than, uh, than I needed to be. I mean, I certainly, okay. by putting out that, uh, Demise and Rise documentary, which if anybody doesn't know about it, it's like a fully graphic and explicit documentary about my downward spiral and just how desperately bad and fucked up my situation was with drugs and alcohol. And ultimately, uh, how you know I had the intervention and how I got sober. And um, we uh, put it together, Jeff Tremaine put it together, and you know, sort of after I'd been sober for a while, and it came out when I had a, a full year of sobriety. So it was more kind of retrospective. And I remember being really like nervous about it, thinking like, "Fuck, man!" Like people who have put their recovery out there and really waved it around like a flag have like such a track record for just getting loaded yeah. and blowing it. And like, am I cursing myself by doing that? And uh, I was really nervous. And um, one thing that gave me hope was that James Hetfield from Metallica because yeah. he had a documentary the very much the same way 
put out his uh, early recovery and like just showed him super vulnerable and frayed and like like uh, and, and it was you know all about recovery and uh, that documentary from Metallica just came and went and they went back to doing their thing and James Hetfield didn't like start writing songs about the 12 steps or anything you know <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like it was uh you know, it kind of gave me hope, you know? And I thought, okay, like, I'm going to try and model myself after that. But we could have a whole discussion about anonymity. But I was just trying to make the point that, yeah, you had this image of uh, the guy who shits on things and the guy who, you know, runs around naked and this and the, that's the persona. And, uh, you know, so did I. And I right. just, uh, you know, I just really you know I just it was about just finding separation I didn't know if I wanted to continue to pursue a career in entertainment you know and ultimately of course I did but yeah. uh, but I just I, I when I hear you saying that you had to just walk away from everything because of the persona to me I think no no like if that's you didn't have to do that you just have to separate it and kind of have compartments for your life yeah absolutely and I think I think though at, at a you know I'm coming up on 10 years, and I think at 10 years ago, at a younger age, I don't know that I was able to kind of sure. understand that. I think it was more of one or the other, and I got to save my life yeah. to get out of there. Hey, hey yeah. I'm not criticizing yeah. the decision at all. No, 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 I know. I, if I, anything. But I, but I hear you that you're right in that regard. Yeah, I mean, that's just how I did. And so there yeah. I am trying to impose, like, my values on you, and that's not right at all. But, um, and, and, and furthermore, I really think that that your decision to to go the route that you went is uh, fucking healthy, man. I've heard I've heard it said by trusted sources that there is nothing whatsoever that's healthy about fame. Fame uh, is yeah. like a fucking gnarly thing, yeah. and uh, and it's scary. Like the implications of of uh, you know life after fame. You know, yeah. It's particularly like if things go bad. That's the fucking worst, man, you know? Yeah, and I, I think a lot... Of, I think part of that was a fear that I had at that time, and I, I, that's, I think, what right. helped, you know, helped me kind of pull away was, was that feeling of, like, I'm already on a course to self-destruction, and if I keep down this road... That was my thought at the time, you know? Like, if I keep going this direction, I'm dead, you know? And that was, like, kind of... What had yeah, that's ne- that's never been much uh, to stop people from getting loaded. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Well, the like, funny, uh, the funny part is too that I, yes, I kind of walked away from that stuff, but then I continued drinking and drugging for a right. while. Oh, you know? How about that? You huh? know, like still trying to trying to like use that as my solution. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, like after being out of the public eye, after doing that, I still was like, "All right, well, I'll just numb this." Because fe- I mean, all the feelings you go through with that too, right. like your yesterday's news or your this or whatever, right. like that Dude, feeling was scary, like, "Oh man. man, I'm gonna drink that away too," you know. And, and then the weirdest thing too about it is that it's so like you're never right sized, you know. Like I can go through an airport, and some people will be like so excited and it's like you know they treat you in a certain way that's just not reality and you can like you know identify with that 
And then I'll, but then I'll turn around and see another people like, hey, what man? I haven't seen you on, uh, you know, on <laughs> yeah, in a yeah, long yeah. time. Like whatever, you whatever, right whatever, whatever, whatever happened to you? And then yeah. that hurts so much, and it's just like, fuck, man. It's uh, it's yeah. just pretty gnarly, you know. And, and again, I'm not trying to complain about like uh, no, the situation yeah. of being a famous person. I'm just saying that I really respect the pitfalls and the uh, you know potential nightmares that that follow it. Um, and I don't want to open up a can of worms or, or anything, but it's it's surprising to hear you say that uh, you walked away from it for those reasons because I had always been under the impression that it was more of uh, something within your relationship with Bam and that you guys kind of had a following, a falling out and that it was less of you walking away from Jackass and fame and more of you walking away from Bam. And I mean... Yeah, and I, I think that... I think that at that time it was certainly muddy waters like there there were like there right. were multiple layers of what things were and, and for sure like i mean you know i pro i i actually haven't talked about this publicly at all <laughs> there uh, i go with my can of worms yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the thing is i i had never talked about it because like i didn't feel like it was something people either wanted to hear you know like i mean you think about like okay certain, right. certain things you do it's like that's ah, a bummer like why talk about that but then you know For what i had learned from it and how would i've grown from it like i've been i've gotten to a place where i can talk about it and it and i'm right and i don't have a resentment there and there isn't things that sure like, you know and i but, think that it's been long enough yeah. since all of that happened that like nobody's probably really concerned about it and I don't think yeah, that it yeah, would be yeah, surprising yeah. I don't think it would surprise anybody I mean maybe like but uh, it was at, like at the time when it happened when that was all going down I mean here like to give you a, a picture of what it was at the end of Evil Abam the fifth season the last episode we were uh, filming a pickup shot from the Finland episode that we had done and the producer girl was like okay this is going to be like the last shot and I was like looked at her I was like this is like the last shot. This is like the last shot we have to do of anything, of anything. And she's like, yeah, this is anything. I was like, like guaranteed I'm not getting called back for anything. And she's like, yeah, like what? And I, so I turned my car on, did the pickup shot, got in the car, drove off. and was like, I'm never fucking talking to those people again. And I knew that in my mind. And there was years that went by that I didn't. Wow. I didn't because know. I literally, I mean, yes, there was a falling out with Bam. I, I had gotten to a point with him where I just, I couldn't stand to be around him with the ego with the way that fame had done that to him with the way you know that you know he had I, treated some some sure. of us and those kind of things and so i i was i was completely furious and over it sure and so and then i don't think that you know I, I so then i i walked away from that and was like i need to do that for my own right thing as far as like friendships and relationships I've felt like should be respectful on both sure. sides and so that was that was that was a separate sort of issue to things right. but then of course like Ryan called me when second ones happened and he's like dude fuck all this nonsense like that you got going on with him like come shoot this thing and I was like I'm good man like I, I I'm I'm good because at that point I had started to sort of taste what it tasted like to like go back into my regular Chris from Westchester, Pennsylvania, like some small town kid. Like I started to feel what that felt like. I was like, I like this. You know, I okay. like I like that feeling that of going really, away from they, that. You know, that makes me really interested in uh, 
hearing about about Deco, Brandon DiCamillo. Yeah, and I think I think that he it's was a, a principal cast member throughout the the. Uh, I guess we didn't have opening credits and principal cast members, but like yeah. he was a major One of the main, fucking player. Yeah. You know, he was a major player throughout the TV series, and he just decided not to be in the first movie. Which, uh, as I understood it, his uh, rationale was, "I don't want to make a bunch of money for greedy corporate assholes," and that just like I didn't understand that at all because I was like, "Wow, you know, Brandon, why don't like like." You're talking about you're going to make no money for anybody. I was like, I'm going to make as much money for these greedy assholes as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, uh, so that, you know, it's paying your dues. You know, I'm going to fucking become a Frankenstein monster and break out of their lab. You yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Well, and, um, I, and I think like... But he probably, like you, has a much healthier outlook and a much healthier... You know, identity and and lifestyle. And, and I don't know that it was necessarily healthier at the time. I think part of it might have been based out of fear. You know, like of will I be able to be all right myself if I go this direction? Sure. If I do that. And, and and when you say that you were from a, like a small town guy, like is that in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Okay. Like Westchester. That's where. So we grew you're up. from Westchester. Yeah. And and so do you have an ongoing relationship with DiCamillo? Yeah. And how's he doing? What's his? Uh, He's good, man. Like? And that's the thing. I think that's it's a similar feeling of like, like I, you know, I've gone out and started doing this podcast. And how many and, episodes have you done so far? Uh, maybe thirty-eight or something uh-huh. like that. So I've gone out and done those and and started doing like, you know, is it going to be weird to put this one on, on yours? that one? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it'll be awesome because I'm hijacking the Stevo podcast. Yeah, I mean, right dude, now. it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a test drive, man. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to do your podcast, but I want to learn how to do mine. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Um, but no, I started kind of doing that and doing the Instagram thing, and so it's sort of putting me back out into that realm a little uh-huh. bit. And I was nervous to do that because I had kind of had a life that was just quiet and away from yeah it was it. really weird when uh when you went from being on camera to being like part of the crew yeah that wasn't on camera but, yeah but working for you did that for dick house um i did i, I why well, I, I worked on bad grandpa um, oh shit but then but only what a little bit what was that like <laughs> like the, pretty much like the the end of it what happened was I was uh, I, I was hearing stories about like Knoxville and Tremaine being kind of at each other's throats yeah they, they did a pretty good job of keeping that kind of under wraps like I, I right like and I mean, also dude, they were separated a lot unbelievable like, how they've navigated like professionally through I mean how are you gonna like have, have any have that, how are you gonna yeah. have any kind of relationship Especially a creative one, without, without having some kind of turbulence. You have to. Way. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I feel like part of that is sort right. of good in a right. way. Like it uh-huh. creates some stuff. But right. Um, but yeah, no, I I I was I I began working as like a production assistant back in Philly on some commercials and stuff. As I like started getting back, getting my life back together once I got sober and doing that stuff. And then I saw Jeff Tremaine. He came out. Um, right around the time of Ryan's death for the tribute. Uh-huh. And he was, I was like, Hey dude, I'm moving out to LA in a couple months. And he was like, Oh, well look me up. You know, like if, when you get here, like was whatever, that, was that doing. weird at all? Like, did he say anything to the effect of like, I know it's probably like, 
you know, I don't want you to feel insulted, but I'd be happy for you to work on the crew or, or anything like that? No, like, for me, like, shit, I was already at a place, like, dude, I mean, I literally went to bartending. Uh-huh. You know, so... So I was already at a place. I had been humbled, <laughs> you know. So right. I I told this story I think on the last Dude, week. Dude, I don't but know. Like I mean, I don't think they pick any example, but like people we know, I think like it's you know it's got to come to a point where it's like all right, like you're gonna like get a regular job. And right. I, I I mean to be someone who was a principal cast member in like a number one box office movie. And then all of a sudden now, like, okay, I'm out of options. Yeah. I got to figure out, like, am I going to drive an Uber? Right. I mean, I don't know really anybody's situation that intimately to be able to determine, like, if that's really the kind of options that they have. But I know that, uh, yeah, I know that that's a fucking scary situation if it is the case. Yeah. And it was for me. And I, I, I had mentioned this one time, but like I started out waiting tables. I had never waited tables. ever. Yeah, in my I, used life. To, I used to do that, but I got fired before I stopped training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should have been fired, except the, the owner right. felt so bad that he kept uh-huh. me doing Cause the one girl comes and goes, you, you've never done this before. Right. And I'm like, yeah, is it that obvious? <laughs> you know? But anyway, started doing it. I think I made 40 bucks at lunch and I felt like, holy shit what happened you know right. and there was a kid there that had said something to me that was 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 rough to hear he had said oh man like what are you doing working here and i was like uh i don't know he's like man i used to think those jackass guys were dumb like now i know they're really dumb and oh, i was yeah? like damn like it hurt because i was like uh like and you know it's a respectable job if people have to have a job do, do sure. what you gotta do and like for me, but it felt like, so you're calling me stupid because somehow you thought that I was rich and I'm not, and I need to get a job to get my life moving, right? But whatever. So I went through that stuff and did that. So I think that was humbling in those, sure. in that regard. And then when it came time to come and be on the crew side of things and start at, you know, start at the first, you know, the lowest position of PA. It was probably kind of cool to just be in that environment and not have any like, right. And it not be about me. Like, it was really kind of awesome to get another side of the experience. And when it came down to me thinking, like, I had finished college, you know, and did all that. And, like, and it came down to thinking, of like, what would I be good at? It made sense. Like, I've spent all these years doing the entertainment industry. It would make right. more sense if I went to the other side. And that makes me want to ask about Ray on. What, uh, like he sort of had his career as like a chemist or some weird shit. He's just always been a chemist and happens to be doing this wild shit on right, the side. Right, right, And, uh, so. He would talk about like. He did was, he get sober? Because I felt like he might have been sort of inching into a little bit of trouble with substances. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. He never got sober, but. He's just one of those robots who could get away with it? Yeah, exactly. And I think like. I went, I went pretty deep with him a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah, he goes. He went deep. Um, yeah. But the thing about him, and I look at him, the, almost the same as his dad. Like his dad is like a, a an Australian rugby player guy that just always drank beers and smashed heads right, and whatever. But... And and so like, Ray went way harder than that. 
But like, like I haven't seen or heard anything from Rake in so long. Does he just look exactly the same? Or? Yeah, but his hair is getting gray, so now he's even more the mad scientist. Okay, <laughs> it's so rad. He's, it's he's, rad. Turning yeah. into the guy from Back to the Future. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> but no, he's still good. I mean, he still drinks beers, but he actually slowed it down on the other side of the. Oh my god! Stuff. Yeah, we were yeah. doing some serious mogul skiing. <laughs> yeah, and then we were it got the crazier than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it got crazy. Double black that. diamond. I mean, uh, from what I've heard, but uh, but yeah. So then it like you know he he's uh he's a dad these days. And, okay. And, uh, How about know. like for you? I wanted to ask that when. Uh, when the, you were sort of in the mix and on camera, you know, and like when you sort of had the most notoriety, were you turning that into like a lot of promiscuous sex? Did you did you did you crush a lot of beef? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked out. So, because some people like just aren't that way, you know. And yeah. you seem to me like, you know, like everything else aside, like sort of a not like a big time pussy crusher you know yeah 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 i mean it, it worked out i i toured a lot and then it was like it was what was the like what that. was the touring um with, with cky oh, okay. and stuff like that and then going out with djs and promoting viva la bam and doing uh -huh. that kind of stuff and and yeah, and it was wild for for a good while. I mean, I'm I, I'm no Gene Simmons or whatever, but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I definitely had I had a lot of fun. And uh, did you and, keep track of how many chicks you had sex with? No, you can't. How the hell would you ever know that? Well, I, I like when uh, when I moved out to California. One of the first things I did was uh, you did. I, yeah. wrote, I wrote down as many as I could come up with. That I, the, you really know, like, just confirmed kills. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I I, uh, I think, like... I was up to 72 when I got out to California, and that was in yeah. 2001. Okay, yeah, and then and there I remember, was a whole I remember, life after I remember stopping counting at 165 Oh, wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's hilarious that you counted that long. I, I, I know, think, and, uh, and I was like, I, I was like... <laughs> I was figuring out, like, you know, slay was the big word for getting laid, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, writing, they're like, what are you doing? I'm writing, writing them down my list. and like, I'm calculating my slay point average. <laughs> like, oh, uh, my God, that's hilarious. 80 girls in a year? It, it was something pretty absurd, man. Yeah. And, like... You said I 80 mean, girls in a year? To be honest, like, when, 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 when I... I thought that would be more than that. No. Okay. But uh, but when I, when I remember there was one time where I could remember sixteen girls in fourteen days. You did? Yeah. Atta boy. And I could remember, like, and there were there was a lot of those where you go out on a on a run of a little tour. And I think like, that my best was like best. These fucking yeah, words. I'm so saying ridiculous. atta boy and yeah, yeah, best. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm, I'm married like, and life is good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, yeah, 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 it's yeah. a fucking crazy. I mean, yeah. I wear this is an engagement ring, and I, yeah. I do want to say that like just yeah. just revealing yeah. those numbers. Like I'm, I'm like not only ashamed, but I'm a little bit mortified for like you know. Well, like, what if my what if my girl was listening? If she's heard me say all this stuff before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I see how there. I see how it affects her, and uh, I fucking hate it, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and and also like I I I mean not to get back to the recovery thing, but when I got to that thing of like oh like sex inventory, I'm like. Uh, well, when I first did my I sex inventory. I did a lot of things. When I my, don't know. My, my first sex inventory yeah. was like another writing down my SPA, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I was like flipping through the pages yeah, like, yeah. Look, at how, look at how many of them there are. <laughs> like I was, I had another like level of sobriety to achieve and now I've got, you know, multiple years. Yeah. 
consecutive years of yeah. sexual sobriety. You know, oh, yeah, that, that yeah. was the whole deal, man. I got like got really, really deep in in uh, in the the sex program too. And, oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like, so so I can like kind of talk about my sordid past, and uh, you and know, feel good about the fact and that feel you're, good yeah. about the fact that like yeah, you know, hey. Uh, yeah, and and I and I kind of that's sort of the way like you know, my wife. And I like she does. How long you been married? Uh, year and a half. Wow. Okay. So. um, And what does she do? She's a uh, therapist and a uh, yoga instructor. Okay. So she's a therapist for the homeless. Wow. And uh, works works. So does that make her a government employee? uh, For nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so that's the kind of thing my girl I could see her doing. Yeah. So, um, but we, you know, like I've 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 known her since first grade, and uh, we've known each other our whole lives, and she knew me in those years of like maybe when it wasn't a good idea to try to husband me up. You know what I mean? And uh, so we laugh about that, and um, you know, and and it's kind of like yeah, anything you could think of, I probably did that. Uh, you know, right. sexually or whatever. But um, so, you know, it was a thing. But for me, and not to sound too, you know, lame on the other side of it, what I realized, though, in those years when I was running around and doing all that, it was a very empty feeling for me. Uh, it was this thing that I thought I needed to do. I thought that, oh, because I'm Rab from this TV show, I got to go have sex with hookers and then I got to sleep with every girl that, that comes my way and do this and that. And like, and I did that for a while. And then I started to feel like uh, this, I'm trying to live up to what somebody else thinks my image should be and this is just empty as shit and it didn't feel right for me. You know, and then I think as I got sober and work through that stuff it was like oh now i have an excuse of why i can truly be me you know what i mean like i can almost hide behind my recovery in a way to say oh now i can actually be honest to myself and do this and go oh it's because i'm sober now guys that's why you know <laughs> like and oh, then you know wow, i could that's crazy. and it was like but i found myself my way back to me through the recovery although i could sense that it was slipping away as I was and I was justifying it with the drinking and the drugs and all that other stuff and allowing and and, and okaying it by doing that and then now I feel just more whole and more complete and and you know in that did you and Bam ever uh, like kind of, kind of sort things out and did and, we ever and, dock? Sorry, did, is that what you were gonna ask? Do <laughs> no, we ever dock? Do we ever? Uh, I, I don't know what dock means. Yeah, but to uh, put your penises together and, and slip the. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. But uh, but they but people have tried. But uh, no, have we ever like just kind of uh, resolved anything? Ended our ways. Yeah, was, like I think um, I'll be honest, like. Uh, it's not been that easy to uh, to really try to have like a healthy relationship with Bam for for some time. Yeah, yeah, that's been that way for for a long time, and even sure. long before. Like I kind of saw that that ship sinking long before yeah. anyone else did, and that was partly why I was like, I got to get away from this. But um, but also, uh, when Ryan died, it was like uh, we immediately just like hugged and cried and and it was like and and in a way that kind of just made me feel and I know made him feel like all right like whatever that is we'll 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 talk about that at some point and then and then we did you know like but I think what did that look like 
And that, when was that? The conversations. Well, I mean, I don't want to necessarily make you talk about stuff that's not appropriate. No, no, no. But, 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 it, but, it, like, at, at that point of, so I hadn't seen him in years, and I bumped into him because his brother plays in a band, the Company Band, and they were doing a practice, and and Jess was like, "Hey, come over for the practice." I was like, "Oh, cool." And then Bam showed up, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck? You just ambushed my ass!" Like that's what I thought he did. Do you think did. that Jess set that up? I like- thought he did, and then he was like, "No, I seriously didn't." And I'm like, "Okay." And uh-huh. um, so it was just weird because at that point he came in, and it was Novak was there, and Novak was a fucking mess, and they were like, "Yeah, we just like fuck this hook, this prostitute, or whatever, or a uh, porn star, or whatever. We just did this." porn star on camera and this and I was like damn this is what y'all into okay whatever like I just was in this like all right I haven't Uh seen you in years and then you're immediately like oh Novak just had sex with this porn star and I videoed it and then this and I was like damn this fell off like you know in a weird way for me I was like do you feel like Novak uh came in to sort of fill the position that uh you had earlier and that uh, well, I, I that, think that, that that by definition, everything that made you walk away was that your standards were higher, and then enter Novak, <laughs> who by definition had lower standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so everything was just like lower and lower, like as yeah. everything just went like kind of uh, on a downhill trajectory. Yeah, I think that there was a level of like bam had this idea of having someone that was sort of a yes man or a whipping boy of sorts. Well, yeah, for sure. And and tried to kind of put me into that role, and as I didn't like that role and shifted away from that, yes, Novak slid Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, because that was how I understood the dynamic when, uh, you know, like when you and Bam had the falling out was just sort of that it's like, hey, I get it that you have this brand of comedy where you beat up your dad and, like, you're kind of, like... You know, sort of like you know a dick, but it's it's when the cameras are rolling and people really enjoy it, and so you do that, and that's your job. But yeah. that doesn't mean that when the cameras aren't rolling, that like I'm not uh, worthy of respect. You know, like you know, like they don't like buy into the hype and like believe that you're better than everybody, and that right, like right, right. that you can whip on people and treat them like shit because like look, you know, that's just not. Right and, right, and that absolutely bled into every area of life when the cameras were not on. So that was what right. was hard to be around. Sure, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely saw Novak slide into that. Um, and, but, then, and then now he, not, now he can get away with more. And right. like, and it's sort of like... And he's not being know, checked the, on any of it. With all the drugs. Novak's and, just going, I'll do it because then I can get money for drugs or whatever. And, right. You know, oh, that, my God. Yeah. Do, and you, that do was, you have a relationship with Novak now? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love Novak. I mean, he, he's, you know, like a brother and, and always has been. And I and I always loved him even when he was struggling hard because he, he has a good heart and, like, you know, it's just a good thing. It's, uh, I, I yelled at Novak on the <laughs> set of Jackass 3 because I was like, dude, your fucking dream seller book. I think this is what it was. I was like, yeah. I, I was like, I was reading your dream seller book. You, this you know? is on the third one. You said like, so you movie. were sober, right? So I had yeah. like, I had two years of sobriety at this point, you know, yeah. and I was all, you know, two years. Not that there's like a thing, but I was all on fire for it. Yeah. I mean, I've been on fire for it, but yeah. uh, um, I, I told him I'm reading his, this dream seller book of yours, and like, plainly, you understand, like 
the disease of addiction. And, yeah. You know, like, you get it. Like, like I'm reading in this book that you understand, like, everything about right the, the, about the disease, about recovery, about how it works. You know, like, what you need to be doing, and you're just not doing it. And that just sucks, man. That sucks. It's like, you know exactly what the fuck's going on, and you're just... Choosing not to fucking treat it. Well, you fucking yes. asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. And he was but just he like, and he was choose, just like, but, <laughs> yeah. But he also chose to use that to his advantage to be able to manipulate. To, yeah. to, to be able to say, hey, like, I'm doing this and this and that to the people that don't know will think, sure. oh, he's doing that. Sure. And then taking advantage of that, you know? Right. Um, yeah, he, he, he I worry is nothing about, short of a miracle in terms of, like, having right. done I, this. I know? worry about how he doesn't have, like, where, where I said I had to have separation between my persona and my personal life. Yeah, like it's isn't like for me to just like be healthy and and continue. Uh, I need to be able to turn it off and not be Stevo. Right. And uh, which is awesome because when I knew you when we were younger, that, that right. there was no such thing. Right. I had no you know, interest yeah. in doing that. Yeah. But but I feel like for uh, for Novak, I worry that he doesn't have an off switch for the recovery. Like where like he brings the the recovery into his professional life into his public life like he's so like you know like every post on uh on instagram it's like all about this and here's my phone number and this and that and i worry i worry a little bit about him just like making that so forefront and center yeah he seems to be getting away with it and like it's written all over him i mean it's evident to look at him that he's the real deal, that he's really sober. Yeah. But I would I would want him to have a little bit of separation between his recovery finding and, a balance. And, and his public life, you know? Right. And I and I think that for me, my take on it was that I just I ho- hope or trust that that will come in time. Right. You know, because I mean realistically he's still new to it in terms of like I mean we all are but like but like I feel like as the years unfold I feel like some of that balance starts to fall into place more I think so I think so too Um, and uh and it's uh it's really scary that of all occupations the one with the highest the jobs with the highest relapse rate for drug addicts is any job that the, the where you work in recovery that oh, means yeah, that yeah, means yeah. the counselors working in the rehabs that's almost like completely fucking backwards you think wait a second the people who are the most immersed in treatment for chemical dependency addiction that's like saying the people that are working in the hospital are the people getting cancer the most you know yeah, right, it right, seems right. like so fucking backwards yeah but that's the thing is that like when you like professionalize your recovery. Yes. Like it becomes really slippery, and that's why I worry about Novak. Absolutely, and and uh, and and I, I moved back to the Philadelphia area for a year um, last year or whatever, and I lived there for a year, and then we came back here, and when I was there, I had a sponsor there, that um, was is a therapist, and works in the recovery field, but also was my sponsor and he very much 
addressed that and spoke to that a lot and said that he had to come to terms within himself while working in that industry that he had to be able to separate those two and and he knew that there was a time where he was justifying not going to meetings not getting open yeah. and not doing that stuff because he's like I'm doing all this work with this and this right. and you justify like, that I just spent the whole day in a fucking rehab what am I yeah. going to a meeting now yeah it's and like, I was like yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, crucially yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and right. like I don't want it to sound like I'm shitting on Novak I mean no, fuck no, no, no. I, I love it's a, it's a so good proud con- of him yeah it's a good concern because uh, he's a friend you know yeah yeah it's just uh yeah, and that—that that was my thought. Was that that, that I I just I, I I'm trusting and hoping that that will come within time and and you know right. and and you know yourself like you said you're on fire and you're and you always are but like there's there's I think there for me personally and I'll speak for myself on it is that there are moments where I'm like whoa I'm crazy on fire about it and then I start like not that I back off from it but that I right. I recognize like oh whoa I'm getting a little getting a little over you right. know, jealous with this and then then okay balance that out and kind of get myself because uh, anyone I like I, I us can re- does I can it relate to, to that extremes, you know? I can relate to that but my experience has been that life has just on its own presented me with uh, challenges or like just stressors anxiety like I like you know I wrote this movie script and I was like oh and I was so excited about it and then I shared it with, uh, you know, with the agents and this producer, and they were like, "No, nah, we don't." And I was like, "Huh?" And I just felt yeah. like everything I was trying just wasn't working. I'm like, "Fuck, fuck!" And then ultimately, it got to the point where it stressed me out so badly. I just said, "You know what? Fuck it, fuck it. I'm just gonna like not even just worry about it. I'm just gonna just lean in, you know, lean in to the to my recovery and like all of the things that we do." Yeah. And like just all I'm just going to make that my number one priority. I'm going to make it the only fucking thing that I worry about. And like I've, I've done that like at various stages over the last 11 years, you know, more recently. And I've found that it really. Well, it's incredible because it's, it's this thing that someone said to me early on. And this I have found to be true is they say, if you take care of your number one problem everything else will fall into place a hundred percent and so with stuff like like that it's like maybe every time i recommit to my recovery and every time i just really get diligent about it everything else just works out yeah and so it's like well may and and that and not to get cheesy but that like man's rejection is god's protection sort of thing so like so if okay if if this certain studio wasn't interested maybe there's something else down the road or maybe it opens up other yeah, maybe. opportunities and and you know and like, and that's where I think that yeah. kind of falls in the line with that. Sure, you know? maybe that shit's not important. You know? Yeah, like right. Maybe that's the fucking message. Yeah, and I, and, I, I've had with, that feeling a lot lately too. Was like, and I was I've been talking about this 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 thought that that the extraordinary is in the ordinary, like that uh-huh. that whole thought of like I needed all these grandiose things. Or, or, or accomplishments and this and that and, and you realize like damn dude just walking around the neighborhood with my wife is the best shit there is you know what I mean like those moments I think in life like where you're you kind of overlook that stuff and that's actually like the goal yeah right there, I mean there, you know? there, there's that and there's also the fact of like here like what I just said I think is, is like important to me it's like okay because when you said sometimes I'm not like as diligent I'm not as plugged in and I'm straying away from the program like 
I think is that me and I'm th- and and no like the answer really is like no like when when life presents shit that fucking stresses me out and and scares me and gives me like that sends me back into my my program and uh and fuck yeah you know and then that makes me feel so grateful that um that like it's just scary being fucking human dude like oh yeah i say this i say this a lot more and more like in uh the, the the circles of of recovery that like it's really fucking scary like the human experience because for starters no matter how well it goes your life you know as humans we've got one instinct which is to survive and one guarantee which is we won't right <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah. it's like out of the gate we're like headed we're headed straight at the one fucking thing that we are most afraid of and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, we can't avoid it and along the way we're gonna get older where like our bodies deteriorate our fucking appearances become shittier people become less <laughs> interested in us our earnings potential goes down we become fucking <laughs> infirm and unhealthy and unwell yeah. like and and like that's our that's our experience that's the path we're on and like that's fucking scary that's the kind of shit that makes me think like oh my god like i can't handle the like the stressor like it's just bothering me so much i gotta just not worry about anything and i gotta fucking lean in my program and like to we have like this gift as men in recovery women in recovery we have like these tools to like really help with because like humility is coming for all of us no matter who you are like like, no matter who you are and like and and the human experience is gonna get ugly no matter who you are and like and when the shit comes down and it's gonna for everybody and when it does come down it's people who uh, have adopted like this this kind of an, an approach to their problems and to life that we have you know with these tools of recovery we're in such better shape no, absolutely, man. I and I, I, I mean, that's those those moments that I have, you know, on a daily basis, really, of of just being like, God damn, I'm lucky that I have this, because there's people that yeah. don't have that help or that guidance in that direction, sure. and like, man, how the hell do you do it? Because <laughs> because when it when it does kick your ass, you go, oh, there's a bunch of people here to pick me up and get me right. moving again. And, uh, and that's just, a, that's, that's an incredible thing, you know? And the world is full of people who don't have shit, who get by just fine and yeah. are perfectly healthy and happy. And like, I think of the people who are really like rich, famous, this and that, like they've got, they, they control like such the smallest, like, you know, it's the smallest percentage of people that control the most amount of wealth and happen to be like the least happy. Absolutely. Dude, it's crazy. That just reminded me because I, because my wife and I, we started a nonprofit and we do work in Haiti and we go down there and we, and we stay, you know, with, with our friends in, you know, in the villages and, uh, and you know, and they don't have much of anything, but they have everything because, because they're, they're connected to the universe. They have this happy thing. They're dancing, laughing, joking, doing this. I'm going, damn, like, at home, people were like, oh, the Starbucks doesn't have the right <laughs> soy milk, you know? Right. And like, and then I'm like, there, they're just like, life's awesome, right, man? And you're like, right. yeah. 
it's it's, it's, it's crazy, crazy. <laughs> like and i think that that uh the way that you sort of you know you, you got into the like like you got into the the public eye the the whole you know got you got a name for yourself you got and then like but you didn't get so into it, and you were able to kind of come up, come back out of the fire, and become uh, like a normal person. Like there's yeah. not, there's nothing fucking healthy about fame. Like I'm personally kind of terrified by it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. That's why yeah. I, that's why I hold a camera now instead of standing right. in front of one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, here we are, dude. We made dude, it to destination. Hell yeah. <laughs> been awesome to uh for the maiden voyage of the yeah, steve-o podcast dude, which i'm one. hijacking for the bathroom break podcast <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right <laughs>